Tuesday morning at JM and the AM. Well, as I uh, as I always say, if uh, you're going to go to one dinner, uh, if you're going to go to one gathering uh, during the year, try to make it the Ohel dinner. Their 47th annual gala is coming up on November the 20th. That's this coming Sunday night at the New York Marriott Marquis. Many distinguished honorees, as you would imagine. David Mandel, who, of course, is the CEO and leads Ohel, is with us in our studio this morning with a special guest. First, David, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you very much. It's always great to be here. I appreciate that. And uh, you are introducing uh, to us this morning a gentleman named Shmuel Pollock. Shmuel is the grandson of an honoree, Rose Pollock, who's going to be recognized on Sunday night. Plus, he is a young board member of Ohel at this point, Shmuel Pollock of Muncie, New York. Welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thank you for having me. How long have you been a board member? Uh, just under two years. May I put you on the spot? Oh, sure. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Most <laughs> guests don't react that way. <laughs> I have commented countless times in the last three decades uh, that when you're number one, and we know that Ohel in its industry is in fact number one, uh, there's only one place to go, and it's hard to maintain your number one position. And we've spoken to veteran board members who've explained from their vantage point how it is that, thank God, Dave has been able to lead this number one organization, you know, continuously in the number one position. As a young board member, a relative newcomer compared to some of the veterans you've spoken to, can you give us your impressions of how they stay at the top? It's a good question. <clears throat> I, I think the trait that I've picked up probably the most and the strongest attribute is that I think that they listen better than most organizations that I've come across. I, I feel that when you sit in on meetings and then you sit in on town hall meetings and you talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, you get a very strong feeling that they genuinely care and that they're really looking after not just the people that sort of benefit from all services, I would say, but the employees as well. And when you combine those two aspects together, I feel like you have an organization that feels small in a sense that even though they touch a lot of different lives and a lot of different places, it's very much a one-on-one -on -one sort of organization. When you talk to somebody that is benefiting from the services, and I have a family member, obviously, that directly benefits, uh, you, you really sort of drill down, in a sense, as to that particular person. You feel how much they're benefiting from OHEL, and so you, know, you don't you, think you, about it. You bring me back to a conversation we had about this just a couple of weeks ago. It is difficult when you're running a big operation to, in fact, keep focus on those one-on-one -on -one relationships. To keep, we actually, Harvey Cayley, I think, mentioned this on the air, how every little situation you know, remains a priority. It's very difficult as the organization grows, and for some reason, they've got the staff that's able to do it. Yeah, I, I think it starts at the top. I think David does an outstanding job of sort of giving people enough leeway to understand that they're empowered to, to sort of help people as much as they can and to sort of focus in on the clients sort of one day at a time and do the best job that they can. But I really do think leadership is very important, and I've been incredibly impressed with the management and the leadership. Shmuel Pollock, have you been to an OHEL dinner before? Uh, just a few. I've been to many. Yes. Do you agree with me that if you're going to circle one date, one dinner on your calendar that you'd like to not just enjoy great food and company, but yes. you want to be inspired, this would be the night. Uh, wholeheartedly would agree with that <laughs> statement. I've been to many, many, many dinners <laughs> over the years, uh, but I've been to many Ohel dinners. And aside from the delicious buffet... Uh, <laughs> um, don't want to minimize that. Don't, no, no, food is obviously very important. Uh, you... you you're going you're gonna to get a sense, I think, especially this year, and look, I am very biased. It is obviously my grandmother is one of the honorees, but right. you will get a sense very, very much about how much these people care and give back. And, and you may cry, you're going to laugh a little, but you're really going to walk away with an appreciation 
for how much people give back. How appropriate is your grandmother, Rose Pollock, for the position of honoree at the OHEL dinner? Very, very well-deserved honor. Very, very well-deserved. It's, uh, it's an emotional topic for me. Uh, my grandmother has been involved with OHEL effectively from the early, early, early days. Um, I have a dear uncle of mine, who David is very close with as well, who is, uh, was born in 1960, um, with at the time sort of very hard to classify um, mental disorder, and at very, very early days, obviously, what we were trying to understand about the disease. And my grandmother was essentially a pioneer in doing whatever it took to, to bring whatever possible services she could to my uncle. And this, he was born in 1960, so, you know, from 1960 to 1968, I believe, there was very, very, very little. I mean, I've got, she told me some amazing, amazing stories over the years about just taking buses wherever they could to try to get him into a program just so that he could have a few minutes of, of quality sort of time and, and sort of, you know, education, which was very early days, obviously. I can um, imagine. And she built it up, and it's just been an unbelievable road for me watching her sort of help him lead his life. It's been remarkable. David, you're familiar with the history of this industry. Was there anything in the 1960s that would be available to people in our community or any community at that point? The movement for people with disabilities um, in general um, began in the uh, 50s by parents, really post-war. One of the post-war issues, so many people talk about post-war. Right. For people with disabilities, it was also post-war. And as Shmuel says about his grandmother, Mrs. Pollock, who was a parent, uh, the movement was really started by parents. OHEL began in, OHEL opened in 1969, and it was the first agency, one of the first, if not the first agency organization uh, to open uh, Patach um, at around that time. Also, um, Dr. Bird Jaffa, who's uh, the father whose son, Jack Jaffa, is one of our honorees, the right. Jaffa Family Campers, and Hush. So there were a few organizations that began at that time for special education. All was the foster care agency. When Shmuel says the early days, yeah. it, it, he doesn't mean to make it... S- he's not talking about, you know, history. Right. He's talking about current events. Mm-hmm. When you talk about people with disabilities, when you speak to Mrs. Pollock and other parents, Mr. Bird Gross... They speak about the early days of his, uh, as if it was yesterday. Right. Because and in many ways it was. <laughs> there were so few things going on. So um, they talk literally about going door to door, group to group, looking for things, um, for anything. Right. Do you know? Do you remember or know when your grandmother discovered OHEL? Like, did she discover it in its first weeks of existence or was it something that happened down the road? Mrs. Pollock um, and Mr. Gross, literally two of the early individuals that got involved with OHEL, uh, began with OHEL in the um, 70s, Mm. and it was in 1985 that OHEL's, in 1979, OHEL opened its first home for people with developmental disabilities on 12th Avenue and 43rd Street. In 1985... OHEL opened its first home on Dale Road and 41st Street for people with psychiatric disabilities. And Mrs. Pollock's son, Shmuel's uncle, became moved into OHEL at that time. Wow. So he would have been 25 years old, Shmuel, correct? That's right. That's right. Unbelievable. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and today we see parents who are advocating for their children and... 
I can imagine are constantly in touch with you about trying to get them into residences, right? There are people out there with needs that have to be addressed. Um, and you can just imagine, just based on what we know from today, add all the other components of how early on it was and how difficult it was back then, and you're talking about a tremendous effort by a parent in those days. We have 420 men and women that live with um, psychiatric and developmental disabilities in our homes and apartments living on their own, and there is, you know, we've said over the years if we could open up another 100 opportunities beds today, uh, they would be filled. Uh, the Parents Lifetime Advocacy Award on behalf of individuals with psychiatric disabilities. Uh, Rose Pollock, Bert and Renee Gross among the honorees on Sunday night at the OHEL 47th Annual Gala. You are recognizing, as you said, the Jaffa Family Campus Builders. Uh, very impressive list of people and corporations that are involved in this. Can you give us a further update on what's happening in Flatbush, Brooklyn, or Midwood, Brooklyn at this point? The Jaffa Family Campus is OHEL's new headquarters, future headquarters, that is under construction right now. We look forward to moving in there very shortly. Uh, Jack Jaffa, in addition to uh, naming the campus, the Jaffa Family Campus is uh, there um, six days a week. If he could, he would be there seven days a week, (laughs) stopping in to say hello um, oversee the construction, the development. Uh, Charles Schwartzapfel is being honored. He's the architect and designer. Right. Uh, Joe Rubin and Rubin Development Corporation, right. uh, the builder, and um, Mendy and Tony Schreiber uh, from Airmark. Um, in addition, we, in addition to Mrs. Rose Pollock and Mr. Bird Gross, we also have uh, Annette Rubin and Julie Pince, our daughter of. Rabbi Harry and Dr. Elizabeth Reeder, and in their honor, in their memory, they are naming the uh, Rabbi Reeder and Dr. Elizabeth Reeder Adult Mental Health Services Center. So it's um, just a great group of honorees. Yeah, boy. And we're looking forward to having um, 1,100 people at the dinner, God willing, this Sunday night at the Marriott Hilton. At, at the Marriott Hilton. Marriott Marquis. Yeah, we just did a merger. That's okay. <laughs> they just don't know about it, that's all. <laughs> Anything is possible these days. Uh, November 20th is coming Sunday night for OHEL's 47th Annual Gala at the New York Marriott Marquis on Broadway. The buffet dinner starts at 5, the gala program at 6.30, and then dessert will follow the program. Information, go to ohelfamily.org, ohelfamily.org. You can call the number at 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. Nine seven two nine three three eight. We're here with David Mandel and Shmuel Pollock. So I alluded earlier to the fact that OHEL has some really veteran, incredible board members that are, I mean, we've featured many of them on the air, who are very involved, who have tremendous experience. Do they, in fact, give a chance to people who are board members for a year or two to pitch in with ideas, initiatives, and in some cases, a new direction? I think you absolutely have a voice at the table. You know, I've been to obviously more than a few meetings at this point. You're struck by the seriousness at which sort of the mission that you're undertaking, this is real work and there are people's lives at stake and you're struck by the gravity of the situation many, many times, whether, you know, not just on the funding side, but how do you interact with people? How are we going to deal with certain situations? And so the first few meetings, I think you really just sort of sit back, soak it in, right. and try to figure it out. But yes, the answer is you you do have a voice, and I've used it, and I've expressed it at times, but I, I think you use it almost judiciously, quietly, just sort of right. try to only at certain times where you feel it's important. Is it frightening? Yeah. 
to be exposed on a confidential manner, obviously. We know how OHEL is extremely strict about that. Mm. Is it frightening to be exposed to some of the things going on in our community? It's, a, it's an interesting word you're using. I, it's definitely eye-opening. and You think you know something going into it, obviously, because most, you know, most of my friends, people have volunteered in different capacity, in different you know, roles, I guess. But, yeah, I, it's... It, I, it's, it's heartening. Uh, you, you really learn a lot about the inner workings. I mean, I've heard of OHEL board meetings where people, where, where men are sitting there crying, yes, frankly. Yes, yes, There are There are stories that are... Just listening to confidential tales of, of things that need to be addressed. Yeah, and, and, and in a very timely manner, right? Everything, right. It's, it's not, right. we have three months to figure this right. out. Right, everything is, uh, yeah. what's the word I'm looking for? Everything is not an emergency, it's... Um, <laughs> I'm a total blank here. It's, it's priority. Everything's a priority. Yes, yeah. Uh, yes, David, do you want to add? I think one of the most important um, takeaways for people listening to your show when you, you've, you've, dis- you've used the word young several times right. is that organizations like OHEL really do rely uh, and board leaders like Moish Hellman and, and Mel Zachter and other uh, really do rely on young people Organizations cannot get stale, if I may. Right. Organizations cannot sit back and say, you know, we're, we're doing a great job. We've done a great job. There is always room to grow. Um, irrespective of how good you are, you can always get better. You can, you can go to any analogy that you want. And there are many young people who are reluctant to get involved because they feel, I can't do as much. I can't give as much. I don't have as much time. I'm busy taking care of my family. It's all true. Yet at the same time, these organizations have evolved over the last 30, 40 years because at that time... Their founders were doing the same thing. Their founders thing. were the same <laughs> Sacrificing their own family time and their and own community Well, we don't time. want to say sacrificing right. family time. But adjusting according to the schedule. Then you might become a client of OHEL. <laughs> Organizations need individuals like Shmuel Pollock and other people, um, his age, his community, his contemporaries to get involved. It's so important. Have any contemporaries of yours, in fact, expressed interest because you've told the tales and not the actual tales? But right, you know so I, I mean. don't tell the tales. But, but the experiences, but, so the experience of being on the board. So you know how it comes up because you never want to, nobody wants to self-promote or right, talk about it, right? True. So so OL has a wonderful, th- there are many programs like OXC, which right we've talked about. Oh, but, and you were uh, a uh, participant. Uh, yeah, not, not a great one, but I, but <laughs> I, 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 I did, uh, David David did push me a little bit. But, but, but you know, as an example, um, I have a number of friends that just ran the marathon and right. they were, sp- and they ran through OHEL, right? So a lot of the conversation sort of morphs into, okay, it's not just I'm raising money for an organization, but tell me about that organization. Right. What's this going for? What's this, right? Like, I know generically that they right. help people, but, but give, me, give me something else when I'm, you know, so then it starts the conversation. Oh, I didn't know you were involved. How did you get involved? I didn't realize you had a family member that, that benefited from, from the services. And so what ends up happening is you open those doors to, to sort of give people that opening as to, you know, if you're not directly impacted by something, you may not really have a vested interest as much, and I feel that people typically, they gravitate toward things that they obviously are close to in some way, shape, or form. But, so it's important, as David mentioned, to sort of push a little bit, to show people that even if you're not directly impacted, I guarantee you you know somebody that is, even if you don't even know it, right? right? Unfortunately, a lot, of, a lot of people need help in, in, in sort of different ways, and, and I feel like we can open that conversation. So No question about it. 
people like um, Shmuel have great stories to tell. He can go to a personal story, which is not confidential. His uncle, right. uh, Mrs. Pollock's son, is a very gifted artist. Yes. And uh, people that those, our guests that will be coming Sunday night, will see um, some of his works at the dinner, so at the gala. So That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's very talented. <laughs> Very talented. Will there be more OXC events uh, under the IWL umbrella? Yes, there is going to be another OXC event, God willing, in May. Oh, very and nice. I would strongly encourage everybody to, to, to sort of look into it, to, to, to sort of get involved. It is an absolute blast. I think, you know, people think of it as sort of a tough mutter, which it is. Right. But there are different varying levels of difficulty from course levels. But I did it with friends, and it is an absolute blast when you're doing it with, with the team. You just have a great time. There's no pressure. Nobody's, you're just having, a, and, and the thought of finishing is so much fun because you're like, you, you really, you pushed yourself to get there. Uh, and so we just had an amazing, amazing, amazing time. And Kaylee's grounds are just unreal. Plus, it's some great. of the company you're with are people who are viewed to have limited abilities, and yes. they, and they yes. excel at this. They, they do. Because when you empower somebody yeah. and you give them a goal and you show them how they can accomplish it, it's amazing what, what, what you can Incredible. Uh, Jaffa Family Campus, 2017, will it be uh, completed? Have, oh, do we know yet? It better. It will be. <laughs> so <laughs> soon we will see this incredible edifice in, in, uh, in the heart of, of Midwood. In a couple of months. We're, a couple we're, of months? That's phenomenal. A couple of months we're planning on moving in there and wow. um, OHEL will be uh, moving uh, various programs that we have uh, throughout Brooklyn, throughout New York City, um, into our main headquarters, so we'll be providing day programs. Um, we'll have the Marvin Kaylee Outpatient Counseling Center, right. um, the the Shulman Foster Care Program, the Effect Preventive Care Program. So many different services will be coming out of there. Um, one of the most important messages, amongst the important messages coming out of Sunday night at the gala, is Ohel's work in in uh, trauma and grief, and mm -hmm. Dr. Norman Blumenthal will will be um, speaking, Mel Zacht will be introducing a, a film segment and Dr. Norman Blumenthal will be speaking about it. It, it is a very powerful message um, for young people, for parents, people that go through a very difficult time, moments in life that are crisis that can lead to depression and what can potentially happen if individuals don't seek help. The whole issue of stigma um, we know it's easy to sit back and say, don't be afraid of stigma. Um, but, but really, the overriding message is, it is more important to seek help than to be concerned about the stigma. Um, that's really the overriding message. That's Sometimes it's tough to convince people of that, but boy, we know you're right. Well, um, that's, we have that's, perfect proof. That's right? Mrs. Pollock back right. in the 1960s. She went around looking for services. 100%. She wasn't worried about what people would think. No. All right, the OL Gala is Sunday night. We salute the Jaffa family in celebration of the Jaffa family campus. Uh, Rose Pollock among the honorees. Her grandson Shmuel in our studio this morning here at JM and the AM. Information about the event, ohelfamily.org. Again, that's ohelfamily.org. Uh, for information, actually, you can go to ohelgala.org and get it directly or call 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. I call it a must a must-attend uh, dinner. Now, it's ironic that this is the year I call it that, when I have, unfortunately, <laughs> it's the only year I'm missing the Ohel dinner, but David has given me a pass because of the Jewish Unity Initiative and our big mission to Venice. I appreciate that. Uh, but I do recommend to everybody to be there. It's always an inspiring evening and one that normally 
I would never, ever miss. So go to the website or dial 718-972-9338. Shmuel, anything you'd like to uh, add to our conversation? I just there was one story in particular sure. I felt that that was sort of important. It, it sort of I think crystallizes my grandmother and sort of the mission. So in the in the late 60s, my grandmother was going literally door to door with the grosses trying to to uncover programs or any anything of sort that that could help sort of help my uncle, you know, just just grow. Mm-hmm. And 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 most of those programs were not in 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 weren't Jewish. There weren't Jewish resources at the time. They were very very limited. And my uncle got into a program that was, I don't remember which borough, I think it was in Queens, and they lived in Borough Park, so they would actually take the train every day and try to get there. And, and as my grandmother says, it cost them $125 a month. And, and to quote her, we didn't have $125 a month, but, but, but somehow they, they figured out a way to make it work. When OHEL, <coughs> sorry, when OHEL came to fruition, she said to me the relief that she felt you know, she had gone earlier to, to the Square Rebbe for a bracha in a couple of years. I'm going back a little bit, but just to sort of ask for guidance. What do you do? Do you put him in a program that, that may serve not, you know, that, that he's going to be around kids that aren't Jewish? And, and the Square Rebbe said yes, and, and he should grow up to be a Talmud Chacham, but, but you have to, he needs to be able to, to sort of find himself, and if that's the only place at that time. But it bothered her and my uncle that they were put in that position. When Ohel came about and they started to build on these programs, the relief that she talks about, mm. the way that weight was lifted off her shoulders, that they, they, there was, a, there was a, an organization built around programs that could help people like him in an environment that, that was you know, exactly what he needed in a firm sort of theoretical atmosphere. I, she said the weight was lifted off her shoulders. It, it, it sort of sounds like Camp Cayley parents as they describe yeah. what it's like when they can get a little bit of a break during the summer. Because that break sure. is, 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 is the same break no matter where you are, where you're coming from, to, to, to feel finally like somebody understands your child. Cayley is such a great example. right? Yeah. Your child has been looking in from the outside for so many years. They've never been able to partake with other kids who may be more mainstream and all of a sudden to combine them and to show both sides how it works so beautifully it's an, it's an unbelievable thing to, to watch Incredible. it may be a difference between a break during the summer in Camp Cayley and a break that you know could last a lifetime and as long as it's needed and individuals like Mrs. Pollock and Mr. and Mrs. Gross talk about the relief, when, when Shmuel talks about the relief that they found back at that time with Ohel, the emotions that they express right now is, I know that he'll be taken care of in the future. And when someone is able to say that, first of all, it puts responsibility on people like Shmuel and his contemporaries and board members. That's a big responsibility for boards oh, yeah. of directors to undertake. That parents are saying to them, I'm now leaving you responsible for my son or daughter. Mm-hmm. I am leaving you responsible for my son and daughter. That's a big responsibility. That's what board members do. That's what getting involved in an organization means. No question it's about It's not it. coming to a meeting. Right. It's taking responsibility. <laughs> 100% and leading by example, which is, seems to be one of the... Uh, key factors of your organization. OL Dinner Sunday night. Enjoy everybody and be inspired. It's amazing. And uh, go to ohelgala.org uh, for information. I thank you, David, as usual. 
And Shmuel Pollock, I thank you very much oh, as well. Thank you very much for having me. A pleasure. Uh, be there, everybody. Sunday night at the New York Marriott Marquis for the Ohel Gala. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSNF.